0: Reads speaks of the promise that if we confess our sins and our transgressions and the places where we have failed God or others or ourselves that God's love and forgiveness will heal us and be poured over our lives and so I want to invite you to take just a moment of silent prayer and to confess those places in your life that are broken those places in your life that need God's healing and forgiveness maybe there's some problem or some challenge or some issue that that you're facing right now and you need God's strength and so I want to invite you to first of all pray for yourself and then it may be that God will place the picture of a person in your mind or a name will come to your mind somebody a friend a family member a neighbor a work colleague somebody who you know you need to pray for right now. God's spirit is inviting you to do that. So let's take a moment of silent personal prayer to pray for ourselves, to pray for others, and then I'll give voice to our prayer. Let's pray together. We praise you, O oh Creator God, for being the God that you are, a God of grace, the God of healing, who forgives our sin through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We pray this morning for physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual healing in our lives. God, may your healing hand be upon whatever disease or dis-ease that afflicts us or those persons that we know and love. We ask for strength and comfort for persons who are sad today and who are grieving because of some loss in their life. We ask you, God, to restore their hopefulness and their confidence in you. We pray, O God, for parents and children who do not have adequate health care or food or shelter or educational opportunities. We pray for refugees who have been caught between opposing ideologies that has resulted from war or persecution in their country. We pray for those places in our country and in our world where violence seems to be a way of life. We pray for people who seek you, O God, but amidst the, the distractions, the addictions, the grief, the doubt, and the confusion, or maybe just a sense of personal apathy, they've not found you. May we be, Lord, your hands and your feet and your voice to proclaim the love of Christ to a broken and a fractured world. Lord we pray for leaders in our country at all levels of government asking that your wisdom and your insight would be theirs we ask you that you would help each of us to put aside the political social cultural and economic divisions in our country and in our world so that we might truly come together for the common good for which your son came and died Lord have mercy on us for those times when we have allowed personal preferences to become more important than your message of love and salvation forgive us Lord when we are intolerant and overly critical of one another forgive us for being a poor public witness of your love and for wounding Christ's body the church again and again and again causing you grief. Lord, this week we ask you to bless the work of our church and all faith communities in the world who are doing the work of your kingdom. We pray especially for our vacation Bible school this week for children and for adults. We pray for the extreme impact mission experience here locally that our middle school and high school students will be involved in along with their adult leaders and lord we remember today all of the good community ministries in which our church is engaged on a weekly and on a daily basis and lord we pray your blessings on that good work so lord hear the prayers of your people now as we offer it in jesus name amen Thank you chancel choir that was a good anthem and it was so important what you saying that it took four hands to play it this morning four expert hands i might add well done on the piano and on directing well we're uh spending some time over the next several weeks we've already been two weeks into this talking a little bit about what's in your gospel word gospel means good news. So what's in the good news about Jesus that's packed away into your life? And we've been looking at the book of Galatians. So already we have seen that part of what's packed in our gospel is that we really can change. You can teach an old dog new tricks. And by God's grace, we can change. Second thing we've seen about what's in our gospel, according to uh, Paul in the book of Galatians is that the good news of Jesus is for all people. God shows no partiality. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your ethnicity, race, gender, educational background, social status. None of that stuff matters when it comes to God's kingdom. God shows no partiality. He is for all people. And finally, uh, or not finally, but this morning, uh, we're going to look a little bit at what does it mean to, to be reconnected to God? What does it be, be mean to be made right or to be approved by God? And we call that justification, justification by faith, one of the great biblical doctrines. So we're going to spend some time kind of walking through that. But first of all, uh, let me begin with a story. Can you imagine what it might be like for suddenly, And maybe some of you have experienced this, and I just am not thinking of you this morning, but can you imagine what it would be like if your heart suddenly stopped? Boy, that's a scary thought, isn't it? According to the newspaper article, if 54 year old Jib Streeter had to pick a place where his heart stopped, he picked the perfect place. He was playing hockey at the Pineville Ice House in our own state, in Pineville, North Carolina, back in January. There were a lot of things that all came into play that Friday afternoon. He was arriving for a pickup game for experienced hockey players, and all of the dots were being connected. Everything was coming back into place perfectly for him that day. He had not played hockey since Thanksgiving. This was January. He wanted to brush some of the rust off. There was an upcoming hockey game. He was going to be playing with his son, so he wanted to get ready for that. And on that particular day in which he was playing hockey, there was an emergency room physician, Dr. Craig Bryant, who was also out on the ice playing hockey. On that day in which his heart stopped, there was an ambulance just a couple blocks away. On that day in which his heart stopped, there was a hospital that was only two miles away. On that day in which his heart stopped, he was wearing a helmet and pads as he collapsed to the ice that kind of softened the blow. On that day in which his heart stopped, the coldness of the ice preserved and kept his organs cool while he went without oxygen for six minutes. And kind of a quirky thing on that day in which he collapsed, there also happened to be some security cameras that captured the whole scene, and also, blessing upon blessing, the ice rink just happened to have an AED, an automated external defibrillator. All of these things just kind of came into play and that surveillance camera captured the whole scene of his collapsing, his heart stopping, and then it being restarted by way of CPR and the AED. In fact, all of that was shown at some point on Fox News, The Today Show, Inside Edition, and national TV and radio across Jib Streeter's native Canada. He and his doctor, Dr. Bryant, who was playing hockey that day, who performed CPR on him, they both were honored at an NHL game. Jib even had a chance to tour the factory, where the AED that saved his life was made. And inspired by responses to his story, Jib is working to put it all to an even better use. He's launching a campaign across multiple layers, uh, levels of hockey and other sports in the United States and Canada that will be aimed at educating people about CPR and AEDs. It was the perfect message to share the first week of June just several weeks ago as it was CPR and AED Awareness Week. And Jib has become the perfect pitch band. For that awareness effort. Now let's understand something. Jib Streeter suffered a cardiac arrest. He was essentially dead for six minutes and it was CPR and an AED that brought him back to life. By the way, just so everyone will know and be clear, we do have an AED here at Oakmont if you go out into the North Ex and go right down the gallery and as you get into Grand Central immediately to your right there's an AED device I pray that we never need it but if we do you need to know where it's located so go and find it even if you don't know how to use it we'll find someone who does okay we do have an AED here at Oakmont so that's what happened Jib Streeter cardiac arrest heart stops He's dead for six minutes. Thanks to an emergency room physician who happened to be on the ice, he used CPR and that AED to bring him back to life. Now, let's understand something about us spiritually. You and I have also suffered an arrest of the heart. And spiritually, because of that, we are dead due to the sinfulness of our lives. But it's not... CPR, and it's not an AED that brings us back to life. What brings us back to life, spiritually speaking, is J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. It's what he did for us by going to the cross. It's what he did for us in his resurrection that brings us back to life. That's God's CPR and God's AED at work. You see, the reality is that sin has killed us off. And in that process, it's taken away our freedom to be all that God created us to be. And it's enticed us to commit idolatry. Now, you know what idolatry is. It's it's worshiping, it's serving another god. And the other god that we often serve so often is ourselves. We actually have fooled ourselves into believing that we're self-sufficient, that we need no other help, that we need no other salvation, and it's removed God from his rightful place as the Lord of our life. So the answer to all of this is what we call justification. Or the word, biblically, is righteousness. They both come from the same Greek word or root word, That means to be approved by God, to be made right with God, to be put into a right relationship with God. So when we are justified, it means that we're made right with God by Jesus' death on the cross, by his resurrection. That's what raises us back from spiritual death to spiritual life. So what I want to do with you this morning, um, sometimes we need a refresher course. some things maybe you never understood from the get-go what it means to be justified so regardless of what category either you need a refresher or maybe you never understood it I want us to walk through some scripture this morning so that we're clear about what happens in that process of being made right with God so let's put some scripture on the screen this morning there's gonna be a lot and you won't have enough time to flip through your scripture through your Bibles now the first thing we need to start with Is that sin spiritually has killed each of us and we need to remember and I want to uh, also borrow from Paul's uh, letter to the Romans in addition to Galatians this morning Paul reminds us for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God Paul didn't say 50% of us or 25% of us or 90% of us he said all of us and that means that every one of us present company included are on the same equal footing. We're all sinners. We have all fallen short of God's expectations and how he created us to be. Uh, Next scripture. Also in Romans, Paul talks about what happens to us when sin begins to infect our lives. Paul writes, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, do not covet. Now, Paul's just picking one of the Ten Commandments, and coveting is number 10 on the list. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire. For apart from law, sin is dead. Next, please. Once I was alive apart from law, But when the commandment came, sin sprang to life. And what happened? And I died. Paul is speaking about what happens to us spiritually. I found the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. Did that which is good then become death to me? Now he's speaking about the law. By no means. But in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it produced death in me through what was good. So that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. So we have to remind ourselves that we are dead spiritually. Just like Jib Streeter was dead. For six minutes, his heart was not beating. Our hearts are dead also. Now, next, next um, point here. Doing good things and being a good person does not bring us back to life with God. You can try to be as good as you want to do, meet all of God's expectations, be a nice person. Those are not the things that reconnect us to God. Paul writes in Galatians, we know that a man is not justified Remember we said the word justified means to be approved by God or to be made right with God? We know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified or made right by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, no one will be justified. You can't follow the rules and be good enough in order to be made right with God. Next, please. God initiates repairing our broken relationship with him by his grace. It's not us who makes the move towards God. It's God who makes the first move towards us. Romans 5. You see, at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then from Galatians 4, Paul writes, When you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or, or rather are known by God, so you don't discover God, God reveals himself to you. He takes that initiative. How is it that you are turning back to those weak And miserable principles. Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? And then uh, Paul continues in in Galatians 2, I do not set aside the grace of God. See, God initiates his overtures to us by his grace. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness or being made right with God could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And then in Galatians 5, you are trying to be justified or approved by God. By law, have been you who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. And then we are reminded that Jesus' death on the cross justifies us or makes us right with God. Paul writes in Romans 4, He was delivered over to death. That's a reference to, obviously, his crucifixion. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification, to make us right with God. Uh, In Galatians 1, Paul writes, Our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. And Paul writes in Galatians 6 may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world we respond to that grace that God sends our way through personal faith and trust and confidence or reliance in Jesus I I like that idea of confidence that having faith or trust in God through Jesus means you have confidence in him. You know, if I climbed up to the top of this sanctuary on top of the roof and I decided to jump off, I have confidence in the law of gravity. How about you? And I really believe that if I jump off, I will come hurling to the ground uh, probably to great damage to my body. And probably to my psyche as well. I, I really have a lot of great confidence that when I'm in my car and I press the accelerator, I really believe it'll go. And I also have confidence in the brake system. And and I know accelerators and brakes can fail, but I I, I just have great confidence that when I hit my brake, my car's gonna stop. That that's the type of confidence, faith, or trust that Paul's talking about that you, you're really placing your total belief in Jesus. You have confidence that he is who he says he is and he can do what he can do. Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified or made right through faith or through confidence in what Jesus has done, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul goes on to say, Consider Abraham. Now, this is out of... Um, Galatians, consider Abraham, that Old Testament character. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. He's quoting from Genesis 15. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify or make right. The Gentiles, by faith or by confidence, announced the gospel in advance to Abraham, all nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith or the man of confidence. Uh, Then Paul also reminds us that our baptism, our baptism symbolizes our justification by grace through our faith in Jesus and our new life in him. Uh, In Romans, Paul writes, or don't you know, That all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father we too may live a new life if we have been united with him like this in his death we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection for we know that the old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we, also, we will also live with him. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God. In Christ Jesus and then finally Paul writes in Galatians 2 speaking it's almost a baptismal type image I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved who loved and gave himself for me so I wanted to walk you through and thank you for putting these on the screen, I wanted to walk you through the process of what does the Bible say about how we are literally brought back from the dead spiritually and made right with God, a new life through Jesus. You know, earlier this month, a former Parkland, Florida school safety officer who failed to confront a gunman when 17 people were fatally shot at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School last year. That particular security officer was arrested on multiple charges, including child neglect and perjury. His name is Scott Peterson. He worked at, as a security officer at the high school campus. He was charged with seven counts of neglect of a child and three counts Of negligence and one count of perjury the charges carry a maximum of 96 and one half years in prison can you imagine that 96 and one half years in state prison now one parent of whose daughter died that day in the Parkland shooting told Mr. Peterson, on Twitter earlier this month, and I quote, to rot in hell. He went on to say, you could have saved some of the 17. You could have saved my daughter. You did not, and then you lied about it, and you deserve the misery that's coming your way. That's what a parent of, of whose daughter died wrote on Twitter. Now, I want you to imagine this scenario for just a moment. Let's say that Scott Peterson, in the future, is convicted of all these charges. And let's say that he is sentenced to 96 and a half years in state prison. And let's say on the day of his sentencing, this particular parent whose daughter died that day in the Parkland shooting shows up in court. And let's say that this parent asks the judge to speak for a moment. And when he speaks, this is what he says He says, I know that Mr. Peterson is guilty of all charges. And I reject all of his actions completely. But I want to accept the consequences of his behavior. And I want to pay the price for his crime of contributing to my daughter's death. Allow Mr. Peterson to go free of all charges without any penalty on his part. And I'll serve his prison sentence for him. Can you imagine after writing these words on Twitter if this parent showed up in court and offered to serve a 96 and a half year sentence on behalf of the man who was convicted of contributing to his daughter's death? What I want you to understand is that that's what God did for you and for me. Because you see, the fact is, we contributed to his son's death. We're the ones, because of our sinful neglect, that sent Jesus to the cross. And while God totally rejects our behavior at times as well, he now freely, out of his forgiveness and out of his love and out of his grace, coupled with our confidence, our faith, our trust in him. That's what makes possible our justification, our being approved by God, our being made right by God, our being brought back from the dead and alive. You know, that's how God's CPR and AED works for you and for me, but you always need to remember that God's CPR and AED is spelled J-E-S-U-S, Jesus.